lay aside the garments that are stained with sin and be washed in the blood of the Lamb. There's a fountain flowing for the soul unclean. Oh, be washed in the blood of the Lamb. Are you washed in the blood? In the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb Are you garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Amen. All right, John chapter 18 and verse 28. Then led they Jesus from... Caiaphas unto the hall of judgment, and it was early, and they themselves went not into the judgment hall, lest they should be defiled, but they that might eat the Passover. Pilate then went out unto them and said, What accusation bring ye against this man? They answered and said unto him, If he were not a malefactor, a malefactor, we would not have delivered him up unto thee. Then said Pilate unto them, Take ye him, and judge him according according to the to your law. The Jews therefore said unto him, It is not lawful for us to put any man to death, that the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled which he spake, signifying what death he should die. Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again, and called Jesus, and saith unto him, Art thou the king of Jews? Jesus answered him, Saith thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell it? thee of of me. Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight, that I should not be delivered to the Jews, but now is my kingdom not from hence. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king, to this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth, hear my voice. Pilate saith unto him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews, and saith unto them, I find in him no fault at all. All right. Return with me now. What is going to be our beginning text in the 18th chapter of the book of John? Brother Gene read for us this account. The Jews had sought to kill Jesus Christ because he broke down their barrier of pride in themselves. And the pride they have in their ability that they thought they had to follow God's law. John chapter 18. All right, verse 28. Then they led Jesus from Caiaphas unto the hall of judgment, and it was early, and they themselves went not into the judgment hall, lest they should be defiled, but that they might eat the Passover. Pilate then went out unto them and said, What accusation bring you against this man? So they answered and said to him, If he were not a malefactor, we would not have delivered him up unto thee. In other words, they're saying, You should trust us. We're saying he's a bad guy. You should put him to death because we say he deserves it, right? That's exactly what they're saying. You remember that they 
brought Jesus to Pilate, he didn't find anything wrong with Jesus. He hadn't done anything. The Jews didn't want to put Jesus to death. They wanted somebody else to do it for them. By law, they couldn't do it. Remember, Pilate found out where he's from and where Jesus was from. He said, oh, he's from down there. Well, send him to Herod. That's his, that's his jurisdiction, not mine. He didn't want to put Jesus to death either. Pilate didn't. Nor did Herod. Herod said, send him back to Pilate. Let him do it. Back and forth. But the pride of the Jewish leaders had been crushed by the truth of Jesus Christ. I want us to see that this morning because it affects us, because it's relevant to us in our lives, because it does the same thing. The truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, it crushes our pride and our assumption that we have the ability to keep God's law and that He will reward us for it. The true gospel of Jesus Christ shows Jesus Christ hanging on the cross of Calvary because no one else qualified to do it. No one else was sinless. God Himself in the person of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, had to come to this earth for you and for me. Verse 31 John 18:31 says, Then said Pilate unto them, Take ye him and judge him according to your law. The Jews therefore said unto him, said unto Pilate, It is not lawful for us to put any man to death, that the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled, which he spake, signifying what death he should die. Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again and called Jesus. And he said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered him, saying, Sayest thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell it thee of me? How do you know that I'm the king of the Jews? He wanted some confirmation of who Jesus was, didn't he? They're wanting to put you to death. They're wanting me to put you to death. Because you say you're their king. But they didn't want him to be king over them, did they? No. They wanted to be their own individual kings or gods even. With the ability to keep the law and please God the Father. Pilate answered verse 35, Am I a Jew? In other words, I'm not one of your people. Am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief priests, your own people, have brought you up here. They've delivered you unto me. What hast thou done? What hast thou done? And Jesus had done nothing but good. He had lived a life of nothing but perfection. He had not sinned once. What hast thou done? Jesus answered in verse 36. My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. Now, 
when the Lord said, My kingdom is not of this world, even though His kingdom in the hearts of men is in this world, it's not of this world. Even as the Holy Spirit lives within you, your life is in this world until you leave this world one way or the other. But your life is not of this world. You see the difference? My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight. He could call down thousands of legions of angels at the request of his voice, couldn't he? Absolutely. Absolutely. The people who were in control of this situation were not in control of this situation. God was. When the Bible declares that Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world, that means that it was in God's perfect design and His perfect plan. And we've already uh, seen how His perfect plan is always perfectly executed, haven't we? He makes no mistakes. This was in the plan. The Lord Jesus knew the plan, didn't He? He did. He wasn't going to say or do anything to change the course that His Father had put Him on, even though it was to end up on the cross and in the grave. Talking about a faithful servant. He is the faithful servant, isn't He? And He shows us that we are not. But there are quality lessons in that knowledge, in that revelation, that we are not able to be faithful servants as He was in His life and is to God. He's the faithful servant. That's how and why we are able to depend on Him. Is He the King of the Jews? Absolutely. Is He the King of spiritual Jerusalem? Those who have been quickened by the Holy Spirit of God and drawn unto Him to love Him and to teach about Him? Absolutely. He is the King of all kings. We sing a song about though all nations kingdoms fail, His doesn't. Well, that is actually a solid prophetic statement because all kingdoms are failing. All kingdoms will fail. And look at the history. All kingdoms have failed. But not God's kingdom. See, He's building a spiritual kingdom. He's constructing the spiritual building as we depend on Him and trust in Him. Yes, He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. In Second Chronicles chapter 2, let's look at that for just a second. Usually when I get all set to quote a verse, I decide to turn to it. 
because I don't want to get it wrong. Second Chronicles in chapter 2 and verse 11. Then Hiram the king of Tyre answered in writing which he sent to Solomon. Because the Lord hath loved his people, he hath made thee a king over them. And Hiram said, moreover, verse 12, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel that made heaven and earth. That's Jehovah, isn't it? That's the self-existent, independent creator right there. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel that made heaven and earth who hath given to David a king, a wise son. He was talking about Solomon, wasn't he? He was. Endued with prudence and understanding that might build a house for the Lord and a house for his kingdom. Yes, he was talking about David's son Solomon, but he was also speaking of and prophetically talking about Jesus Christ, the son of David. Who made him king? Jehovah. Jehovah made him king over his people. This was uh, chapter 2, Second Chronicles, and verse 11. Down through 13. Jehovah made him king. Alright, it is the love of God that has made us subjects of our King, King Jesus. Again, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, there's none above Him. There's none anywhere near equal to Him. There is no other God but the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Alright. Back to John chapter 5 now. John chapter 5. First John. Sorry, guys. First John chapter five. Good thing I trust in the Lord and not on my notes, it. First John chapter five. Verse 1, First John 5, 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begot loveth him also that is begotten of him. The relationship between the Father and the Son, God the Father 
in God the Son. Remember, he was asked by one of the disciples, show us the Father. And he said, I've been with you all this time, and you didn't recognize me? I am one with the Father. By this, verse 2, we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep His commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. The subjects of the King overcome the world. Oh, the enemy's real and he's active, isn't he? He's not winning. Sometimes in our lives we feel so bad or uh, so many negative situations are uh, present in our daily life and we think he's winning and we allow ourselves to think that. It's not true. It's not true. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world and this is the victory that overcometh the world even our faith. Who he, who is he, sorry, that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. As subjects to the King of Kings, we are given guidance. We are give, given comfort, growth, peace. We're given safety as we walk through this life. Oh, that we would recognize this fact. We would stand so much more solid on the ground, wouldn't we? If we're standing on Jesus Christ, our King. All right, John 14. The, uh, not First John this time. John 14. And verse 20. At that day you shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. You see that solid connection right there? We are subjects of His kingdom. We are His. He that hath my commandments, verse 21, and keepeth them... He it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself unto him. Judas said unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? And Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. And my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. There's that perfectly faithful servant. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever 
I have said, peace I leave with you. As a subject to King Jesus, we have peace. We know what it's been revealed to us. We feel it. We live in it. Why? Because He sent the Holy Spirit to give it to us. When He gives us this life, when He gives us this love for Him that He's been talking about, will we keep His words? Absolutely. Perfectly. No. Because we're not Him. Oh, but He is ours. He is our King and our Savior. Comfort, guidance, peace He gives us. In Ephesians chapter 4, in verse 10, Ephesians 4, 10. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Why? What was the purpose? For the perfecting of the saints, verse 12. Or the completion of our lives. We would be complete in Him. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. What's the work of the ministry? It's this foolishness of preaching, isn't it? It is. It's living our lives so that others look and see our lives and go, Oh, He's not like the rest of us. wonder why. Let's find out. That's it, isn't it? That's the work of the ministry. Who gives them the desire to find out why we're different? It's the Holy Spirit of God. He draws them unto Himself, but He uses us to do so. Even this foolishness of preaching. Verse 13 says, Till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. The unity of of the faith. That's the faith once delivered to the saints. There's only one truth. When you change it to suit your thought processes and your feelings, it ceases to be the truth. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. Remember when He comes back to get us? We're going to see Him. And we're not going to wonder, now who is that? No, we're going to know Him. Why? Because we, at that point, will have become a perfect man or woman too. We'll be like Him, remember? We're going to know who He is because we're going to be like Him. That's that completion. That's that perfecting of the saints we saw in verse 12. Till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now that's a tall measure, isn't it? But praise God, He is our King. 
All right, turn with me to Revelation chapter 19. We'll close here in this verse. As we seek to recognize who's over us, who's in control of our lives, who's leading, guiding, and directing in our lives as we depend on Him. He's one with authority, isn't He? Absolutely. All right. Revelation chapter 19. And let's begin in verse 11. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. There's that faithful servant again. Remember he taught that the first will be last. Let those that are greatest among you serve the least. Here he is. He that sat upon this white horse was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire. And on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. His blood. And his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Now the Lord told Pilate his kingdom wasn't of this world. If it was, his servants would fight. Well, here you go. That's the kind of power he has. The armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, holy and pure. Out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword. It's his word, isn't it? Talk about power. That with it he should smite the nations. Remember, all other nations will fail. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of the Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. What a great Savior is He. You can have peace in your heart and you can relax when you think about your future because I am thankful that it's not in my hands. The future is in the hands of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Oh, He's a great Savior, isn't He? He's the only Savior. 